Last week we had an awesome time with a guest from Sydney, friend of ours uh, from Hornsby Church, Peter Burns. And, uh, who, give us a show of hands who was here last week. Yeah. Um, did you guys take something from that week, talking about worship from, from the place of uh, not just intimacy, but from identity? I thought that was a really cool message. Um, we asked Peter to speak on worship, but uh, he just really sensed in the spirit. It was about talking. We need, he needed to speak into identity. And, and that, that, that was such an encouragement for Pastor Rodney and myself because um, the last month as we were winding up our talk on um, our, our series on, on finding Christ in the feasts, um, we were just really feeling it's time. It's time to just really set the roots down and get it straight, who we are, getting out our identity, who we are, because when you understand who you are, from that truth, power flows. You will be able to be a light in every situation if you would understand who Christ has made you to be. Amen. So I just really appreciate Peter's message last week. And, uh, and it was really interesting um, when, when all that came about that we were just feeling as a church we needed um, to step into a, a more prophetic time a, more time, a greater time of worship and just stepping into God more so. So my encouragement from last week for you and for myself is, hey guys, let's just jump into God with reckless abandon, right? Don't hold back on God because He is worthy of all that you can give Him. He is worthy of everything you can say, everything you can do. And then when you can't do anymore, he's still worthy of anything that you can come up with because he desires your best in worship. So my encouragement right here, right now for you just to take on board as, as we get started this morning would be press into God because he's got so much more for you. Amen? Come on, please. Let's get warmed up, eh? So why don't we stand, Barry? God's given you that word and just that impression right now to pray. So why don't I ask you to pray? I'll find a microphone for you so everyone can join in. So Lord Jesus, we want to praise you and thank you this morning. We want to lift up our, our arms and our countenance yes. to you. We yes, want to lift Lord. up our, our, yes, Lord. our heads to the hills, Lord, where our help comes from. Yes, our help Lord. comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we want to praise you and thank you, Lord Jesus, that... We can look upon things and we can see big issues that come at us and we know that we can handle them, Lord. But we want to pray this morning about all the little issues that try to undermine a church, all the little things, the little whisperings, the little words, the little things that happen to people, the, the looks and the glances that people misunderstand and misread. We want to pray against those things, Lord, that they will not come in and undermine the new shoot, the new shoots that are coming out of the ground, the new things that this church is going to do as you raise us up in a, way, a mighty new powerful way, Lord, that we will grow and with strong stems and blossom in this hour, Lord Jesus. We want to praise you and thank you, Jesus, that through your love and your peace and your power, all the things that Rodney and Stephen and the church have been showing will come to fruition, Lord Jesus, without any damage to the, the, the growing buds of the powerful ministry that, that this church has and has been blessed with and is being poured out upon. We give you thanks, Jesus. We praise you and thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's uh, important that we uh, take the promptings of the Lord and move when he says move. Amen. That's good. So last week, Peter shared about this image of the priests. Who remembers? 
Yeah, we, we um, I don't have a PowerPoint. Sorry, guys, I didn't get organized. But um, this whole image of the priest, and there was an amazing picture that he brought out um, that I just want to remind us and, and even just share with those who weren't there quickly. Um, he shared it with the music team, uh, the worship team on the Saturday, and then he brought it here again on the Sunday. And, and uh, it, it's the picture of when David uh, felt that he needed to bring the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Lord, um, back in or into Jerusalem and, and set up the tabernacle again in Jerusalem so that the presence of God would be in their midst. And, and that it was that whole story around the priests of the Lord had to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant rested upon their shoulders. And uh, the privilege that it is as the priests of God that we get to carry God's presence with us into the city. And uh, I think it was a very interesting um, picture for us. And I want to speak a little bit into that and from that today as we move forward and just to build a little bit upon that image. But Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is, or so is he. Um, Now, that Proverbs in relation to the evil person, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. But if it's true for him, then ultimately it should be true in the reverse. Is that right? That if you think in your heart evil things, then so you will be. If you think in your heart that you are good, if you think in your heart good things and upon the Lord, then that will manifest itself in your life. So as you think in your heart, that is who you are. Amen. And uh, there's an interesting picture that I want to draw from that today, but I want you to remember that word. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Okay. Why don't we stand? Because I want to declare something today as a church. I'm going to get you to stand up and down a little bit because I want to interact with you a little bit today. So why don't we stand? This is uh, an interesting time to ask you to stand because I know you're going to start getting a little bit tired, a little bit bored of my life, my more speaking, and I'm going to keep you awake because I'm really believing that something God is going to say to your heart today is going to capture you. He's going to capture your heart. And I'm going to speak that out loud right now. As you stand in His presence, God is going to capture something in your heart. And there are people here today for for many reasons. So many people are away because of the long weekend. If you know someone's not here and God captures your heart with something today and you say they need to hear that, then I want you to buy the CD and go and drop it in their mailbox and say, listen to this, put a a blessing upon it and say this is for you. Because God is going to capture something in your heart. I just want to declare that out now in Jesus' name. Psalm 107.1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Everyone say, He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Say that with me, for His steadfast love endures forever. And verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Can we all say that? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from trouble. I want you to sit down for a moment. I want to speak into that for a moment. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are you redeemed this morning? I didn't hear you. Are you redeemed this morning? Then say so. He tells you what to say, the psalmist. Right here, right now, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed. Say, I am redeemed. I belong to Jesus. 
He paid an amazing price for me. And I will say so. You see, you put yourself into the word. I am redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from trouble. Who he knows that God has redeemed you from trouble. Yeah? You see, trouble is what he's redeemed you from. That trouble was an eternity of separation from the very presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords from God Himself. And Jesus Himself redeemed you from the punishment of eternal separation. Can I get an amen? Yeah? So that is what Jesus has redeemed us from. And this is the reason we give thanks. You're all quiet here. What's going on? As followers of Jesus, we need a deep revelation of who we are. We need a revelation of how much Jesus did for us and understanding of how Jesus sees us. Let's turn to Romans 12 for a moment. Romans 12 too says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Your mind thinks differently from your spirit, which is new. For someone here, I think that's a revelation. Your mind thinks differently from your renewed spirit. When you come to Jesus, you are born again. Amen? Yeah? You are made new. All things have passed away. All things have become new. That all things is the new man. It is the spirit man that is within you as a new creation of God. Might as well flick over. We'll have a look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5 for a moment before I speak into this a little bit more. Let the word speak to our hearts this morning, people. You are a new creature, amen? 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14, it says, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. If Jesus died for every person, then in Christ, every person that comes to him suffers death. And this is not a physical death. This is the spiritual death that Paul is talking into. All died. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. It's written right there in black and white that when you died to yourself, the life that you now live is actually unto God. Therefore, as the Redeemer of your life, He has the very right to speak into your life and proclaim that which is true for you. And not only proclaim that over your life, but grace you to outlive it and outwork it in the power and grace that He supplies. Amen? Therefore, verse 16, From now on we regard no one according to the flesh. Okay? The old you is dead. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. 
Jesus is no longer in that earthly body that was crucified. He is now in his resurrected body in the fullness, as Rodney declared before, the firstborn from among the dead. It is a powerful thing. Jesus, the walls couldn't contain him in his resurrected body. He was able to go into a locked room and reveal himself to Thomas. Remember the story of doubting Thomas? That room that those disciples were locked in was locked. It was shut. There was no window open because they were scared for their lives because of the persecution that they were going because of the crucifixion of Jesus. No wall kept him. It was the resurrected body. Nothing will hold Jesus back from where he's going and what he wants to accomplish. Therefore, if anyone, verse 17, say anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you're not an old person anymore. You're a new creation in Jesus. And the life that He gives you empowers you and enables you to represent Him well. Yeah? Okay. So if you are new, and I declared, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, you need to actually speak over your life, I am new. Yeah? Not I am sick. I am new. I am healed. I am well. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You see, we need to confess what the Bible teaches us and reveals to us of who we are in Jesus. We need to change the way we think and sometimes unlearn some of the things we learn along the way. God takes us from glory to glory. Yes, the truth is, He builds upon the things that He teaches us. But let me tell you, we have all been taught some things over our lifetime in Christ that was not actually gospel. So you need to unlearn things that are old covenant and renew your mind with the things that Jesus paid for. You want to be transformed. You want to walk a life that is glorifying God. I've actually entitled this sermon this morning, Walking Encounters. If you want to be a walking encounter for Jesus, then you're going to need to renew the way you think. I'm going to re- need to renew the way I think. Can I get an amen on that one? If it's old, it goes. It's dead. No life comes from it. In fact, if it's old, it will usually bring dissension It will usually bring factions. But if it's new, it will bring life and will always bring life because that's what it's empowered to do. Who has ever heard that it was said, and uh, I've probably said it, um, that I know it here. I know what the Bible says here, but I need to get it down here. Who's ever said that? Come on, we're not embarrassed today, guys. Have you ever said that? Have you ever heard that preached? That, 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 that I read the Word of God and I renew my mind and I, and I need the, the revelation from God, the, the transformation to come that changes me on the inside to stop doing the things that are holding me back. Well, guys, you need to unlearn that because that's not truth. That is not truth. 
wrong thinking. Let's turn to Ephesians 1. You want to renew your mind? Renew your mind with what Ephesians says. We read Ephesians 2, 11 and forward this morning. That'll transform your life. Ephesians 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I'm going to read the rest of this passage and then I'm going to speak into it. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. By the way, it wasn't your good pleasure for you to be put into God's kingdom. It was His pleasure. To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. I'm going to read that verse 3 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I want to put it out there for you that you have once, if not, are continuing to live under this thinking. That Jesus has blessed me, or God through Jesus has blessed me with every spiritual blessing, and they are out there in some spiritual heavenly realm that I am attaining. Who's thought that way? Yeah? No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing that is in heaven. It's yours now. Let me read it again. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ? There's no comma there. There's nothing there to say, pause. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now I have to reach out and obtain them or I have to wait until I die until I get the spiritual blessing. No, that's not what the Bible says. Every spiritual blessing that was made available in Jesus is yours now. Okay? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. By His stripes I was healed. Spiritual blessing paid for in the atonement. I have the right to be healed right here, right now, because Jesus paid for it, not because I declared it. Jesus will get everything He paid for on the cross. And it will happen here if we would only dare to believe and renew the way we think. Every spiritual blessing is yours and attainable in Christ now. Can I get an amen? If you agree, if you don't, take it to the God, take it home, challenge yourself, ask God to reveal to you. Just as He chose us in Him. If you can believe that Jesus chose you now, so if you can believe that you're a new creation, that the gospel was proclaimed to you and you stepped into a relationship with God and that is now, then why can't you believe that every spiritual blessing is available to you now? It's not future tense, it's now tense. It's right here, it's present tense. It's right here for you by faith. You can keep reading in that passage. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, who according to his good pleasure of his will, it was God's good pleasure to speak life into you and to give you a measure of faith that you would believe. 
It was his good pleasure that he would accept you as his child and adopt you into his spiritual family. Who he is happy that they're a son of God this morning. Yeah? And we'll make it inclusive. I know son is, is, is both inclusive of girls and boys, but who he is happy that they're a daughter of the living God. Yeah? Okay. So, this is the truth. This is gospel. This is proclamation to you. Let the, the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are you redeemed? If so, speak it into your life. There is, the picture I want you to understand is every spiritual blessing was given to you the moment you said yes to Jesus. The Holy Spirit brought a seal into your life, sowing you in, sealing you in the family of God. Do you believe that? It was at that moment the Holy Spirit sealed you as a son of God. It was also at that moment that all the fullness of Christ came into you. Your spirit being fully reborn now has the capacity. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now abides in you. The same power that he has is now resident in you. We don't need a head-to-heart transfer. We need a heart-to-head transfer. This is what Paul's saying when he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? Old things are gone. The new has come. And with the new is the fullness. The actual Greek word is dunamis. The power and ability of God is in you. Power and ability dunamis like dynamite we understand dynamite the the explosive power of dynamite under control can bring buildings down yeah under control opens up a mine imagine the holy spirit and the dunamis power of the holy spirit as you open up inside and allow your heart to transform the way you think and the power that can flow through you amen I've got to keep moving, guys. So Romans 12.2. Let's go back there. Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Remember I said, take the word home, test it, ask God to reveal it to you. All right? And he will reveal his will to you, what is good and acceptable and perfect. But if you are redeemed, how can it not be good? Romans 12.3, let's continue. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think more with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Okay. Again. There you go, Steve. Don't think of yourself more highly than you think. Don't think you've got all this fullness of Jesus. Don't think you've got it all together. Well, I know I don't have it all together. I'm the first one to say that. Yeah? But true humility is actually to declare over your life what God says about you. Right? It's not humble to say, God says, Jamie, you're a strong man. You're a mighty man of valor. It's not humble to say, I'm not really God. That's not humility. That's not meekness. That's weakness. God says you're a man of valor. You're a man of valor. And that's it. That settles it. Right? Humility would actually be to step into that. 
But we get it round the wrong way and we say, that guy's full of pride because look at him. He's standing up for what he believes in. He's standing up for what God says about him. Look at the pride in him because he's arrogant. No, that's got nothing to do with it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God says, I'm a mighty man of valor. I'm going to stand up and walk in that. Yeah? Isn't that humility? Right. So I've heard it, it's taught we need to keep ourselves lowly and not let pride get in. I was once accused of uh, letting pride get in because I was understanding who I was. Because I was able to actually stand up for what I believed the Bible said and what God was speaking to me instead of saying, oh, there, there, you're doing okay. You've got to understand, the more you put yourself down, the more the enemy is speaking to you. I've heard people in this church say, I'm not a saint, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Who said that? I've said it once before in my life. I'm a sinner saved by grace. That was true. It is no longer true. I am a saint of God. And if I allow what's in my heart to transform what's in my mind, I will no longer be drawn to the things of sin in my life. I will be empowered to overcome. You see, the devil's tactic is to make you think that you're a sinner because when you're a sinner, you're weak, you're defeated. And you get bombarded to go back to the very things that you were set free from because he doesn't want you to be free. When you stand up, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When you understand here and it transforms what you think here, then you're going to be a walking encounter for people. And the devil's not going to have any touch on you. And he's going to tempt you with that which made you fall in your past. And you're going to be like, devil, I'm so over that. I'm moving in the things God wants for me. And who he knows that the things of God are so much better than the things of this world. You get a taste of God, your lives will be transformed. When you get it here, and that comes at your new birth, and you allow, you quieten the voice of the opposer, of the accuser, of the one who will kill you, when you quieten his voice and you allow God's voice to speak to you and transform what you believe, then you'll be transformed. Amen. Romans 12.4 Doesn't the word tell us before we get there that we were crucified with Christ? Didn't I read that earlier? We are crucified with Christ. So when the devil tries to remind you of your past, why can't you just look at him and say, what are you talking about? That man's dead. That woman's dead. That woman's got no power. That man's got no power over my life. Look at it. It's in the grave. Yeah? The life I now live, I live unto Christ. Amen? Romans 12, 4, let's continue. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are in one body, are one in body and individually members one of another. Again, I'd like to suggest, and you can take or leave this if you desire, but as we belong to each other, that as a body we can be limited by the member that is hindered, weakened, wrongly believing, etc. And we each have a responsibility to the other in line 
to line up our thought lives with what the Holy Spirit is saying. A body or a chain can only be as strong as its weakest link. We know that. An analogy is used all the time. A body, and who knows the churches, Paul uses the picture of a body to bring unity. A church, a, a body is only as strong as what is the weakest part in it. If, if the devil maims you and takes out a leg, then you're not going to be able to run. Yeah? But if truth is spoken over that member and that member gets a revelation of what God is saying to them and it transforms the way they think, therefore the way they act, the way they live, the way they sow into the body and the way they express outreach into the community, then I think we'll understand what true unity is. So as a church, instead of encouraging people negatively, I know it's encouraging what we actually need to do is speak truth to people that builds up, that supports, that encourages, that releases. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And then this church, not only will it be a tender root, not only will it be a beautiful symbol out there in the community, but it'll be one of unity and it'll be one walking encounter. Imagine this body, each and every one, the strongest member of the body, the strongest member of the body being one of the three-year-old kids or two-year-old kids in that room at the back. Could you imagine that? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This is your take-home. Mind renewal opens the door for us to bring encounter to our world. I'll say that again. Mind renewal opens the door for us to bring encounter to our world. Now I want to go back to the priests. If we are the priests of God, the question then has to be, how are we representing him to the world? What are we saying? What are we doing? In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul calls the church an epistle being read by all. As we go about our lives, how are we ministering as a local church and as an individual member of this local church? How are we ministering the kingdom of God? How are we serving? How are we representing Jesus? You know, we can say the word represent easy, can't we? I'm representing Jesus. In my frailty, I'm representing Jesus. In my brokenness, I'm representing Jesus. But who knows, that's old thinking. Mind renewal says, in my redemption, in the fullness that God has empowered me, I am re-presenting Jesus to a world that does not know him. Re-presenting a world that does not know Jesus, if you represent him, Jesus had no sin. Did he? He was without sin. He died perfect upon that cross. Judgment was not set for him, but he chose to walk to that cross. So if Jesus can say he had no sin, why can't I? If I am charged to represent him to a world 
why can't I represent him and say, well, I have no sin? That is not, that is not being, what's the word I'm looking for? That is not saying that I'm full of pride. That is just declaring what my heart says is true. My heart, my spirit, that very new creation is new. It's new. There is no sin in my spirit. It is holy. Before God legally, it stands cleansed, completely set free from sin. In fact, the slate was wiped clean. So by faith I proclaim that I am without sin. Now my journey of sanctification says that every now and then I muck up. Every now and then I do choose the wrong thing. Maybe I yell at someone as we're driving down the main street who can't drive. Yeah? <laughs> so, see, one actually is stating fact in this world. I'm a sinner. Fact is, yeah, I make mistakes. The other one is actually speaking truth from a position of faith and from the perspective of God that I am a saint. That I stand here before you without sin. Why? Because Jesus has made me holy and blameless. And didn't Jesus deserve the fullness of what he paid for? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You are a walking encounter and until it gets from here to here, until your mind is transformed, there are people who need an encounter with Jesus that aren't going to get it. Your encounter with Jesus brought you into salvation and the family of God. And now you have the responsibility and the privilege, everybody. It's a privilege to share Jesus with someone who hasn't met him. If we're priests of God, what are we saying? What are we doing? How are we serving? What are we sharing? And are we sharing gospel? Now, I'm not saying you can't use your testimony in your gospel presentation. In fact, I would declare to you, say your testimony. This is who I was. And this is now who Jesus has made me to be. Another picture for us to help us with understanding, building upon this we're biblical priests, this biblical type taken from the Ark of the Covenant. If I suggested last week that we get to carry the presence of God as priests for worship, there is a greater revelation for us to grasp. Exodus forty thirty four says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And next week I might speak into the tabernacle a little bit for us. The verse 35 says, And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now until the tabernacle was set up, the Ark of the Covenant was being carried through the people. Once the tabernacle was set up and the Ark of the Covenant was put there and the glory filled that place, people couldn't enter the presence of God. They couldn't enter the place where the ark of the covenant was and it actually tells us that the cloud actually resided and rested over the cherubim who sat upon the mercy or the judgment seat okay so god was there but no one could access him but the bible tells us in jesus he went to the heavenly tabernacle it also tells us and fulfilled the requirements 
in the heavenly tabernacle. It also tells us that God himself tore the very curtain that separated the ark or the presence of God from the people. Therefore, the people were able to go to the presence of God and the presence of God was able to go to the people. Now, it's symbolic, I understand. And, and really quickly, I just want to speak into this. If that be the case, God didn't want to be set up in a temple. God didn't want to be set up in a tent. God wanted to make his home in you and me. And when the Holy Spirit came and lived in you, the Bible declares that you're a tabernacle of God. And I want to suggest to you that we no longer look back to the old, but we look at the new. If God sat upon or above the Ark of Covenant, therefore keeping covenant with his people, now you are a walking ark and God sits upon you at all times, never to leave you, never to forsake you. God actually sits upon you. And if you would get in your head that you carry God, that you are a new covenant ark, a new testament ark, and you take him into the places that he wants you to go, then blessing will flow. Because we understand that where the ark was, the people who held the ark were blessed. And when it went to the place that it shouldn't have been in the Philistines, the Philistines were cursed. Yeah? Judgment came upon them. So they sent it back to Israel. You know, and David saw that if he brought the presence of God into the middle of the city, then the entire nation would be blessed, not just one family. As a church in unity, as a church that is renewing their mind, as a church that is called to go and outreach, we don't have one gold box to put in the middle of the city. We've got hundreds. You are each a box of gold, purified by the Spirit of God himself to bring a walking encounter into your places of work, into your schools, into your streets, into your neighbours. And you have the very right to bring the presence of God to shift the environment and bring blessing upon this city. Mind renewal opens the door for us to bring encounter to our world. Three things I'll leave you with really quickly. Renewal of the mind opens the way of blessing. Right? New covenant is not about I do this and I get blessed. New covenant is all about Jesus did it, therefore you receive. It is grace. Yeah? Isn't that the new covenant? Therefore, as you are renewed in your mind, you understand the blessing that you already are and that God already is to you. Secondly, renewal of our minds position us for advancement. You tell me one person who has renewed their mind that is retreating. And I know there's lots of people here that watch people that are speaking to tens of thousands of people across the world. If they have a renewed mind, they're not retreating. Even when the storm comes, even if the darkness that so surrounds our city would try and push back, I ain't retreating. And I would hope that you would not retreat. 
because a renewed mind positions us for advance. A renewed mind positions you for advance. And thirdly, actually, oh, let me just... No. Thirdly, renewal of our mind teaches us that just as Holy Spirit so desires to encounter us, He also desires to move through us as a conduit to encounter others. You are blessed to be a blessing. Let that just sit for a minute. You are blessed to be a blessing. Not old covenant blessing, new covenant blessing. As sometimes we have damn walls and, and barriers in our life put there by our emotions, put there by the way we think, put there by the old man that would stifle the move of the Spirit of God flowing through you. And if you would renew your mind in one area, if you would get the revelation that by His stripes you were healed, just that one revelation alone would see you step into speaking and declaring freedom over people and their lives would be set free. If you would just sit on that word and let it permeate who you are and transform the way you think, then every person that you see that is needing or wanting help, you will reach out and say, I will pray for you because I know that Jesus paid for your healing. I just shared about Barnabas' house last week. We, walked, we went to Barnabas' house. We prophetically praised and prayed and declared over that place that it was the kingdom of God. We just represented God in that place and we, we put a stake in that ground in the spirit that says it is ours. We walked around the boundary of that place and we declared this is God. And, and there was one testimony, and sorry, Barry's not here, but he saw a picture of, um, this might freak some of you guys out, but in the spirit there was a demonic presence or black shadows flying around. And as we walked around, it was like shoots of lightning, shoots of bolts of light going out and it was pushing them and, and pushing them out of the place. And it was just pushing them back. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You see... It was in that moment that I caught up with a friend of mine that was in there that I haven't really seen a lot of since school. A couple of times he's been along to one of our Easter things or our Christmas things that we did in the park with his family. And uh, for some various reasons, he's now in Barnabas' house looking for some help with, and his brother's also there. And, and this guy, he sort of come up to me and he shook my hand and he, met, he, just, he just said, I've never... I'll paraphrase it, but he basically said, I haven't encountered love like I have here tonight. He came into the room and he heard us praying, he heard us singing, he heard us worshipping, and he just felt the presence of God. And that opened the door up so that I could talk with him and sit with him and just share the gospel with him simply where he's at. And he'd never heard the gospel put so truthfully and proclaimed so boldly to him. And guess what? 15 years ago, I would never have done that to him. I would have been scared to tell him about Jesus. But when the redeemed of the Lord say so, you don't get scared. There is no fear. You're actually excited to share the truths of Christ with these people. And I pray, he allowed me to pray with him. And when I finished praying, he was in tears because he encountered God. And I'm praying for him that he would encounter him in a real way that would bring newness of life and that we will see him restored to his family and his entire family here in our church.
You see, when you understand, you let the word transform your heart, bring your heart and transform your mind, you will be a walking encounter for Jesus. I'm going to finish it there. Mind renewal opens the door for us to bring encounter to our world. Let's stand in our seats. I was going to get the worship team out, but I'm going to finish there. But I just want to proclaim something over you. Maybe I'll lead on from this next week. But 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I want you just to declare over your life right now, I have the mind of Christ. I said I want you to declare over your life, I have the mind of Christ. I want to do an exercise with you, and I think this will help you. I I thank you for your patience, people. I, I said before, I feel like I haven't preached in two and a half months, so I was ready to go today. I want to do an exercise with you. Holy Spirit, come. So how many words we got? I have the mind of Christ. Six words. I want you to put an emphasis on each word. So we're going to say it six times. I'll give you a demonstration. I have the mind of Christ. Say it again. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I'll just say it again. I have the mind of Christ. I have the I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Ready? I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. One more time. I have the mind of Christ. And the last one, I have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. For us, it sits here, not here. And the revelation I hope you take from today is that we are required to renew our mind. God renews you. God did that through Jesus Christ and sealing you with the Holy Spirit. Reuben, sit down. Yeah, I know. You, God had the responsibility of saving you and setting you apart. You now had the responsibility of renewing your mind. God doesn't do that for you because you have free will. You can choose to live by the flesh. You can. You can choose to live by your mind, will, and emotions, or you can choose to walk by the Spirit. Right? You can choose to walk by the Spirit therefore not gratifying the lusts of the flesh. That is your choice. And grace enables you to renew your mind. I have the mind of Christ. Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for your word, and I pray that it would pierce our heart today. Father, I pray for transformed lives by the renewing of our minds. I pray that as we renew our minds, we will have testimony of encounter. 
that, Lord, as the truth becomes reality to us, we will be able to take that, not hold on to that for ourselves, but release it over our neighbours, our friends, our families, and those who are in need. Father, I proclaim that this church will proclaim your kingdom and your gospel. Lord, I don't want to be about offering your gospel to anyone. I want to proclaim it in its fullness, its entirety, its truth. I want Jesus to receive the fullness of his reward. And Lord, we declare we are not going to hinder that. That we are going to be renewed vessels for Jesus and ambassadors for Christ. So be it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.